A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm so glad you joined us on the program today. We've got a good one for you. We're talking about the uh, Pennsylvania Senate race. You know, uh, Pat Toomey, uh, he of the Mansion Toomey gun control legislation from a few years ago, is not running for re-election next year, which leaves that Senate seat up for grabs. And there are a gaggle of candidates, both Democrats and Republicans, who have announced their intention to run. Uh, We may not even have a full field yet. There are a couple of uh, individuals who are still doing their listening tour to see if there's support uh, for them to make a run. But this is going to be an incredibly important election in terms of who controls the U.S. Senate. Um, look, if Republicans take back the House, maybe it's kind of a moot point, right? Uh, because Republicans will at least have one roadblock uh, to prevent Democrats from advancing their anti-gun agenda. If, however, Democrats somehow manage to keep a hold of the House and they gain even one or two seats in the Senate, I mean, we're talking game over. We're talking nuking the filibuster. We're talking packing the Supreme Court. We're talking passing all kinds of gun control laws with 51 votes in the Senate. So that's why this race is so critical. Uh, And over on the Republican side in Pennsylvania, the newest candidate, uh, Dr. Mehmet Oz, yeah, Dr. Oz, uh, who got into the race after Sean Parnell dropped out of the race. But at Fox News, they note that uh, Dr. Oz doesn't seem to hold our right to keep and bear arms in very high regard. In fact, they say that his previous statements on gun control have raised eyebrows after his entry into the uh, Senate race, noting that he's been an outspoken advocate for gun control policies in the past, promoting a call for a ban on semi-automatic firearms. Yeah, Oz has also historically championed so-called red flag laws, which would allow the government to confiscate firearms from individuals without proof of malicious intent, as Fox News says. And look, as far as celebrity doctors go, I mean, that position that he took, supporting red flag laws, banning semi-automatic fires, I'm sure that put him comfortably in line with the uh, folks at the American Medical Association, at least the top brass, not necessarily the rank-and-file doctors. But, you know, look, I mean, that, that was the conventional position for a TV personality like Dr. Oz, to take. Well, of course we need common-sense gun control measures, right? But if you're running as a Democrat in Pennsylvania, where Republican lawmakers, excuse me, if you're running as a Republican in Pennsylvania, where Republican lawmakers just approved constitutional carry, that bill vetoed by uh, Governor Tom Wolf, but it was still approved by the Republican-controlled legislature, running as a gun control advocate, look, even if you got all kinds of cash to spend in your campaign, I think that Dr. Oz is starting out with a disadvantage here. When it comes to his specific endorsement of some of these gun control policies, it's also going to be really hard for Oz to uh, convince voters that he's changed his ways, if in fact he even tries to do that. I mean, here's one of his quotes about red flag laws. He said, quote, part of the hope, I gather, is that we'll make a system so that I can call in and say, there's evidence besides my testimony that this person is dangerous. Look at their Facebook feed or social media postings or comments that they made to coworkers beside me. Do a little investigating. I'm alerting you, putting a little red flag up there saying this person is a concern. 
Now, Dr. Oz may believe that these quote-unquote red flag laws, these extreme risk protection orders, serve some sort of valuable purpose. But let's go back and, and look at what he actually said, right? There's evidence that this person is dangerous. Look at the Facebook feed. Look at their social media. I'm telling you, this person is a concern. Well, here's the problem with red flag laws is that it doesn't do anything about a person of concern, about a person who is dangerous. What red flag laws do is, is allow a judge to say, all right, I think this person is dangerous. Let's take their guns away. Problem solved. Really? Aren't they still dangerous? Aren't they still a concern? Don't they still have access to knives and pills and gasoline and car keys and rope and anything else they might use to harm themselves or others? This is why red flag laws miss the mark. This is why they're not mental health bills. These are gun control bills masquerading as mental health proposals. The vast majority of red flag laws around the country have no space for any sort of mental health component to them whatsoever. They just don't. They are a tool designed to allow people, designed to allow authorities to remove lawfully possessed firearms from individuals that a judge says is a danger to themselves or others. But they leave the supposedly dangerous individual alone. So, I mean, I gotta say, I, I, I have my objections to red flag laws in general. I know that Pennsylvania gun owners do too. And the idea that Mehmet Oz is running for uh, Senate as a red flag supporter, hmm, that is concerning. As Fox News says as well, uh, Oz does not include, quote, gun violence or the Second Amendment on the list of issues on his website. Uh, instead, saying, quote, Dr. Oz seeks to rebuild the middle layers of society, institutions like family and community that have been hollowed out by failed policies, narrow thinking, and toxic culture wars. He knows that no government can substitute for the dignity of work, the security of health care, and the spiritual support of our family. What about the right of self-defense, Dr. Oz? What about the right to keep and bear arms? At a time in which violent crime is rising across the Keystone State and many other states around the country, the right of self-defense is critically important to millions of Pennsylvanians. And it doesn't sound like it's all that important to Dr. Oz, nor is your right to keep and bear arms. So I, I have no idea what's going to happen here. I have no idea if we're going to see uh, Dr. Oz try to reinvent himself as some sort of Second Amendment stalwart, or if he is going to actually run uh, for the U.S. Senate seat in Pennsylvania as a, quote-unquote, gun-sense Republican. Uh, which, again, I don't think is going to get him very far, but I also don't think it's going to be possible. It's certainly not going to be easy uh, for Dr. Oz to try to reinvent himself as a supporter of the right to keep him in arms when he's got a paper trail showing that he's been anything but in recent years. So then the question becomes, what other candidates are out there? And there are a ton of them uh, on both the Republican and the Democratic side. I'll just go through the Republicans real quick. Uh, there's Jeff Bartos, who was a former GOP nominee for lieutenant governor. Um, he founded a nonprofit during the pandemic called the Pennsylvania 30-Day Fund. Uh, Carla Sands, uh, she was on Trump's Economic Advisory Council. She was uh, ambassador to Denmark in 2017. Uh, Kathy Barnett, 
is a veteran, a, a former professor. She's a conservative political commentator. She would be the first black female senator in state history. Uh, she is um, uh, a very supportive of the uh, Second Amendment uh, on her uh, campaign website. There's Everett Stern, who founded a, a company called uh, Tactical Rabbit, which is a private intelligence company, was a whistleblower who uh, uh, revealed a money laundering scandal uh, at a uh, bank. Uh, Sean Gale, a business and healthcare attorney. Uh, his brother Joe is a Montgomery County commissioner uh, who also announced a bid for uh, a governor. Uh, Martin Rosenfeld, former deputy sheriff and constable. Uh, he is also a former treasurer of the Elk County Republican Party. Bobby Jeffries, a Republican from Hershey, PA. Uh, there's John DeBellis, who is a small business owner and a self-described constitutional conservative. Ronald Johnson, who's an Army veteran. Uh, he is uh, uh, running on basically an America First platform. Uh, James Hayes, uh, don't know much about James Hayes. And then uh, Craig Snyder, former chief of staff to uh, uh, late uh, Senator Arlen Specter. He's filed, uh, he's, he's filed paperwork to Roddy. He's launched an exploratory committee, but I don't think he's actually officially announced. And then there's David McCormick, uh, who's a Army veteran and businessman, former CEO, actually current CEO of Bridgewater Associates. Um, doesn't, uh, from what I understand, might not actually reside in the state of Pennsylvania, but he's doing a listening tour right now. So again, a a, a mess of candidates out there. By the way, I do apologize if you're going to hear my rooster who's decided to take roost right outside of my office window here and crow his little heart out. Um, a, 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 again, a gaggle of candidates here. And there are some pro-Second Amendment candidates. But I'm a little concerned here that, you know, uh, Dr. Oz has got a parachute into Pennsylvania with scads of campaign cash, but not any principled support of the right to keep and bear arms. Uh, so, you know, again, a, a favorite candidate maybe because of the, the money that he brings, but not because of the positions that he holds on issues. That would be bad news for Pennsylvania gun owners. And uh, let's hope that uh, we see a Second Amendment champion uh, emerge from the crowded pack uh, and, and you know what? I, I'll, I'll even be magnanimous. I, I, let's also hope that Dr. Oz has a legitimate change of heart about our right to keep and bear arms and the importance of protecting and securing that right. All right, let's turn our attention now to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We will start there with a uh, case out of Dubuque, Iowa. Where a teenager who shot another teenager has been sentenced to probation. Yeah, two to five years of probation for the uh, 17-year-old uh, who was uh, ended up taking a guilty plea. Wasn't convicted at trial. Ended up taking a guilty plea. They ended up dropping uh, a couple of charges, including possession of a stolen firearm. But what really makes this case outstanding is the fact that this 17-year-old has been involved in the criminal justice system since the age of seven. So, well, at least since 2012. So more than half of this young man's life has been spent in the criminal justice system. And yet a judge in this case still sentenced the teen to two to five years of probation for shooting another teenager. And it wasn't like, well, maybe this was kind of sort of self-defense. No, no. Apparently the two teens were arguing with one another in the parking lot of a Hardee's in Dubuque back uh, this past summer. And the uh, suspect pulls out a gun, shoots the other teen, and walks away with probation. Despite a criminal history, or at least, let me, let me rephrase that. Despite the fact that he has had contact and has been a part of the juvenile justice system for almost 10 years, still 
get in a probationary sentence after shooting someone. Now, today's armed citizen story from Decatur, Georgia, where a, a burglar held at gunpoint by an armed owner, or a homeowner rather, uh, received a six-year prison sentence earlier this week. Uh, the actual incident happened back in August, and the uh, suspect was originally reported to have broken into a car dealership uh, there in Decatur, stole a vehicle, got into an accident in that stolen vehicle, left the other driver with a broken neck. And then took off on foot, ended up going to a home, trying to break inside, but ran across the armed homeowner who held the, uh, at that point, burglar and I guess car thief and maybe hit and run driver uh, at gunpoint until police arrived. Now, the burglar actually received a six-year sentence for breaking into the autoplex, also received another six-year sentence for the accident. But the judge in this case said that the uh, uh, defendant could serve those sentences concurrently. So a total of six years in prison, probably more like three and a half to four years to serve if it gets uh, time off for good behavior, uh, but at least was apprehended thanks to that armed citizen who was able to hold the burglar at bay until police arrived. And finally today, our good deed of the day from Chesterfield County, Virginia, where uh, Chesterfield County Sergeant John Kimenauer in the right place, at the right time, willing to do the right thing to come to the aid of a woman and her child who were stuck on the side of the road. Happened uh, not long ago. The uh, uh, driver apparently did not speak any English. And the uh, police sergeant, uh, you know, pulled over, was trying to communicate with her. Said when he realized that she had a, a one-year-old or one-ish-year-old child in the back seat, that's when his heart sort of opened up. He said that his grandson had just turned a year old. He said, I, I saw the mom feeding her son. And I mean, how can you not, you know, reach out to them at that point? So he contacted uh, another one of his uh, colleagues, said, hey, can you bring me a tire iron? Uh, went and purchased a tire on his own dime, uh, changed the tire on his own dime and on his own time, sent the uh, mom and her son on their merry way. Uh, Sergeant uh, Kimenauer, by the way, says that his colleagues have been giving him some good-natured ribbon asking if he also does oil changes. And the uh, Chesterfield County Police Department says that the sergeant will not actually have to uh, spend any money to buy that tire. They're going to uh, replace the money that he spent uh, when they give him an award for his service um, in the immediate future here. So, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, Sergeant John Kimenauer of the Chesterfield County Virginia Police Department we thank you, sir, for your very good deed. All right. I think I have to maybe go turn a rooster into some stew here. I, I would not do that to my rooster. Mr. Crow, is, he, he, he's a good boy, but uh, he does need to move away from the uh, home office here. Uh, wants to get in the last word. All right. We will be back tomorrow with uh, even more Second Amendment news and information. Uh, scheduled on the show, uh, Ryan Petty is going to join us. Uh, whose daughter, Elena, was murdered at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. We're going to talk about the shooting in Oxford, Michigan, and the warning signs that were there for the school and for the family to see that were ignored by the folks in charge. And, you know, all of this talk about, well, if we just had universal background check laws, that wouldn't have changed a thing in this case. Well, what about child access prevention laws? I don't think that would have changed a thing either. Again, maybe would have amounted to uh, charges that are filed after the fact, but 
parents in this case are already facing charges after the fact. In fact, they're facing involuntary manslaughter charges. So what policies and practices were not in place that could be in place, that should be in place in school districts across the country? Again, we're going to get into it with Ryan Petty coming up on tomorrow's Bearing Arms Cam and Company. Don't forget to check out BearingArms.com throughout the day for even more Second Amendment news and information that you need to know about. If you like what you see, you can always become a VIP subscriber as well. Just go to BearingArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS. You'll get a significant discount. You'll also get exclusive analysis, news stories, commentary you won't find anywhere else. It is our way of saying thanks for you showing your support for the work we're doing here. And we really do uh, uh, thank you for that uh, support. It is critically important, particularly given the anti-gun media out there, the anti-Second Amendment attitudes that are so prevalent uh, on so many uh, news outlets, uh, for you to be able to find an independent voice that is about giving you the facts and not about just developing a narrative, uh, I think it is needed in this country. And there are just a few outlets that are doing that when it comes to uh, our right to keep their arms. I'd like to think that we're one of them. So, again, we thank you for your support. Look forward to seeing you here again tomorrow. Until we talk again, be well, be safe, and be free. 